You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Unfortunately, we've run out of time today. Whatever it means for you in your club, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the We'll Talk About That Later podcast, a, a podcast about football, opinions, sometimes facts. Um, before we kick off, I'd just like to say, um, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It is WTATL official. You'll find um, polls um our episodes and some cool little videos and stuff like that nice little content for you guys to to follow and share and all that kind of stuff so do do find us there if you're listening to us on spotify uh apple podcasts and actually just anywhere if you're listening to us just subscribe and and follow us and yeah keep um stay in touch and also tell us what you what you want to hear from us um i've had some people tell us that they want to hear about um the english football league which thinking about it now might not exist soon but um before we get into that um i'm here uh, my name is junior i'm one of your your hosts or presenters whatever you want to call it and i'm joined with mark by mark i don't know i'm <laughs> mark by mark thing. um i'm here i'm loving the intro this week junior you, you actually introduced our socials before you introduce yourself yeah. so I'm, I'm digging that i'm digging that <laughs> um and then also, um, you know, Tanya, Tanya's here. Yes, I am. Listen, I'm buzzing. Yeah. I'm buzzing, bro. All right. <laughs> Listen, I'm in the best mood. I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. Listen, <laughs> I'm buzzing. And I think you lot know why I'm buzzing. Yeah. I can tell you so that. We should prefix that because there's been some massive news uh, that's yeah. probably devastated a lot of football fans. And that is yeah. not what Tanya is talking no, about. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Just to clarify. We'll talk about um, what Tanya's happy about later. Um, but also just to say that Abdi couldn't be here with us today. He's been suspended for one game. Um, <laughs> it's too much waffling. and uh, But he'll be back next week when his suspension has been served. So um, let's get straight I, into it. Unless, unless he does uh, waffle a bit more and he, that will turn yeah. into a two-game Oh, season. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The independent uh, adjudicator has to mm-hmm. review the tape. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I come agree. On, I agree. Come on, <laughs> right. Let's get into it. 
the biggest news in football for maybe the last I don't even know. I don't I even mean, know. Yeah, uh, let's let's call it thirty years. I mean, and, and yeah. since ninety two, you could say since ninety two. Yeah, since ninety two, the biggest football news in my whole life, um, the European Super League, out of the blue, uh, came like a bomb, and the whole of football has been rocked. Everybody, I don't think anyone, even if you're pro or against. Uh, even though I haven't seen many pro, um, I just think you, you, you're you rocked by this news. Um, so I guess what I want to do is I want us to start by saying how you felt when the news broke. Devastated. I, I couldn't put that. Um, I couldn't use that word any more strongly. Honestly, devastated. It's, it just feels like the heart of the game that we that we love. Uh, that the, the listeners will love has just been mm. ripped um, ripped apart you know the, the soul of the game for me um, sport and competitive sport is about earning the right to be at the top and what this mm. European Super League does is take all of that away and just gives these clubs a free pass um, every single year consistently to make the most money and play the best teams and I think it's disgusting mm. Tanya? Nah, I'm with Mark. Shout out Gary Neville, but I was absolutely furious. I was yes. furious, mate. Yes. Especially, especially with, with Enoch and Levy, because let's be honest about it, I'm sure we'll get into this, but, but Tottenham have no right to even be in a so-called Super League. <laughs> the last time we won the Premier League was in 1961. We've won one trophy in 20 years under their ownership. And it just screams greed. That's what this is all about. It's all about greed. They don't care about the fans. And look, I've tried to weigh everything up. And I know you said, Junior, there's some people that, that don't agree with it. Listen, I've I've spoken to quite a few people that are all for this Super League, which I'm, I've tried to listen to the positives. But for me, the negatives outweigh that. Um, I'm just flabbergasted. And I just think, don't fix something that isn't broken. Do you know what I mean? If it's broken, don't fix it. Yeah. I love the Premier League. I love the fact that, you know, you can see a team like West Brom beat a Chelsea. You know, I love the fact that West Ham, I know it pains me to say, it's nice to see that they are in the top four. It's something different. Mm. Now you're basically eradicating competition. How can you call it a sport then? If mm. there's no competition, if there's no reward for success, it's an absolute mess, man. It's a mess. I, I really hope it don't happen, but it looks like it is. So, I mean, happy uh, days. I mean, I'm with you guys. I think my exact words were like when 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 the news sort of like started coming through was that I was like football just died. That's how I Literally. genuinely felt. <laughs> I was like at first I was like in disbelief and then and then as I saw and then oh, I saw Arsenal's statement and I, oh, honestly that statement and I, I, I never I never felt so disappointed in Arsenal. Mm. Obviously um I come on here every week and me and Abdi we clash heads sometimes, you know, we say that we're disappointed in Arsenal, but genuinely, this is the first time I've been in, like, n there's no consolation. There's no, like, way that you can pretty this up no. and say, and and so I've, I felt ashamed, not of being an Arsenal fan, but that Arsenal 
for all the values that Arsenal claim to have. And it just takes me back to what Wenger said before he left. He said, I'm leaving the club to you guys. Just keep the values. Just keep the values of the club. And here we are. And the values don't mean anything. But we've got a lot to talk about. So let's let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about, um, firstly, what it is. And then mm. kind of... We'll we'll kind of build our way out of that. So if you don't know, the European Super League is a league of 20 teams with 12 um, founders, which are, and I I don't know if I'm going to get it right, but AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, Man United, Spurs. Did I miss someone else? Yeah. Nope. No. Um, so those are the 12. They're looking for three more to to complete the 15. Bayern Munich have said no. Porto have said no. PSG, I don't think I've said anything yet. Um, but then um, they came out and said they didn't even invite PSG. So whatever. Mm. Um, but they're looking for three more. And then um, the five other teams will be invited every season based on merit. Um, we don't know what that means if it's that they have to pay their way in, it, that's the merit. I don't know, probably. Um, but what we do know is that um, each team will play 10 games. Um, uh, it will be midweek. And the top eight teams, no, the top six teams will go straight into the quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, we finish seventh and eighth. We'll, um, and nine and tenth will play a playoff to see who gets the last two quarterfinal spots. And then it's two legs till the final one final game um what we do know as well is that every team entering will get 350 million off rip and then at the end of the first year they'll get 3.5 billion i don't know if that's the share of that individually but is that yeah that's what i'm thinking is that uh, between all of the clubs or each 3.5 billion I, I, i believe um it That's makes mad. sense, yeah. There was something around about, or it might be 350 million per club guaranteed every season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just wanted to make a point. Um, yeah, go on. Before we move on about uh, how, frankly, how disgusting this whole concept is, um, I do think it's fair also to say that UEFA within themselves are equally as bad. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was going to get perhaps to not as bad. I mean, when you look back in history, and we mentioned it, you know, this is the biggest thing to happen to football for thirty years um, since nineteen ninety-two. The Super League is motivated by the same principles that drove the creation of the Premier League and the Champions League. Let's be 100%. very real. And the Champions League uh, kind of followed on from the European Cup, but it was created to make more money. Yeah. Premier League ninety-two the TV rights were taken away from the BBC and the ITV because Sky Sports offered the most money and that's where subscription packages came in for football. So firstly, that that is my overall point, is that UEFA can't come out and act as an innocent body here because Mm. they have wreaked havoc on football for years for personal gain. But the idea of a European Super League, this is why... I've never really been in favour of UEFA, but for the, in this one instance, I can stand with them simply because I don't want to see this European Super League formed whatsoever. I don't want to see any more about it. I want to see every single player who's involved make a stand and say, I'm not going to play in this. Mm. And then if that happens, 
comes the next chat about UEFA and FIFA and how they become less powerful in the game. Firstly, for me, drive this European Super League idea out of football. Secondly, for me, how do we make football become a fairer game in terms of the footballing ladder, money being uh, divided out equally to teams um, yeah. who may not generate as much money through TV revenue, etc.? We need to have a, a proper think about that as well. So UEFA, for me, playing the innocence card is actually not equally as disgusting, but it's almost up there in terms of the greed of these owners from Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, Man City, all of the rest of them. UEFA are just as greedy. I want to make that clear. 100%. And on top of that, Mark, on what you're saying, the a lot of what people have said in terms of the positive is that the money that is generated from this European Super League will go directly to the clubs, whereas the money that is generated from yeah. the UEFA Champions League goes directly to UEFA. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe UEFA need to look at themselves and say, okay, um, maybe more should be... Because you do have really small teams that do make the Champions League every now and again. Like you think of Clue, mm. you think of Molder, you think of uh, Michelin, who, who were playing Liverpool. I don't know if it's this season or last season. Um, and you want them, them clubs to have the opportunity because they've earned the right. You know, football is meritocratic. It's not um, a dictatorship of 12 clubs. But the leader of this, um, the empire, is one Florentino Perez, who you might recognize is also <laughs> the president of Real Madrid. He has come out with some quite outlandish statements yeah um, to say the least <laughs> since the backlash of the european super league so um i just want to read a couple of them because i think we need to i think we need to discuss them so um he started off by saying um he immediately confirmed that Real Madrid, Chelsea and Manchester City and Manchester United and Arsenal will not be suspended by the Champions League and the Europa League this um, this season as it is 100% impossible. To give some context, UEFA said that they were uh, meeting with lawyers to see what the best outcomes could be and there was rumours spreading that as soon as Friday, uh, Man mm. City, Real Madrid and... Um, Chelsea. And Chelsea would be expelled from the Champions League this season. So, I mean, he's he's dispelled that apparently. Then he said it's important uh, that clubs in Spain, Italy and UK, uh, they want to find a solution to a very bad financial situation. The only way is to play more competitive games. So um, he is saying that the Super League is the remedy for that. Um, he then went on to say and this is, I think, is the most damning bit, that the contract of the Super League is legally binding. Nobody can leave. And all the clubs that sign the contract, if we can't find an agreement with UEFA, we will not back down. That, I I think, is is one of the worst bits about this, um, that the clubs have already signed the contract. And it's now, it's like... Your hands are tied, basically. Um, the Super League is not a closed league, apparently. It's absolutely not true. Whoever wins the five available spots will be available to play with the other best teams in the world. Um, 
players banned from international competitions and national teams, which was also a threat um, from FIFA and UEFA. Don't worry, this will not happen. Perez affirmed. <laughs> and he then went um, He then went on to say, if PSG and Bayern Munich refuse, to, um, refuse the Super League will not be cancelled. I think it's important to say as well that he said one of the biggest lies that I've ever heard in my whole entire life. He said that the reason why this Super League is important is that 16 to 24-year-olds are losing the interest in football, that they find it boring, that they watch some matches and it's boring. He said the best teams playing, <laughs> each, other every, the best teams playing each other every week will make it more exciting. Uh, he also went on to say that he f- he sees that when young people watch football, they lose interest halfway through. So we should look at making games shorter. He also said, and, and get this, this this one was my favorite. He goes, if they um, if they don't want our players to play in international football, we'll make our own World Cup. This guy, <laughs> I swear, he just. That? I think he just he just says things and then deals with the consequences after. I yep. think he's a sayer rather than a thinker. I just think, first of all, look, you plan for this European Super League with 15 teams set in stone. A, you can't even fill that quota. There's still only 12 teams. Yep. B, what's to say that of the five available spaces that will be um, free for teams across Europe every year, What's to say that teams are even going to want to accept that invitation and come and join that Super League? You might even have a mm. uh, an uptake of people declining your invite to be one of those five extra clubs in the Super League because the whole footballing world is against that idea. B, I think the comment about... I, I read this one earlier, Junior, and it, it actually disgusted me. Yeah. Um, the comment about the 16 to 24-year-olds being mm. out of touch with football. I actually mm. think it's not the 16 to 24-year-olds. It's... um. It's these billionaire owner owners yeah. clubs who are actually out of touch with reality. <laughs> yeah. And he's just Stats. and what he's what he's doing is just projecting um his his anxieties onto the cohort of the sixteen to twenty four year olds. And I think that again Completely is disgusting. Agree. I'm gonna use that word so because this whole thing is disgusting and and it's not about um alliances anymore or tribalism. I'm disgusted with the owners of Liverpool. I've discussed it with the owners of Manchester United. I've discussed it with all of them. Yeah. Mm. There's for this, for me, I think um Gary Neville encapsulated it really well last night on Monday Night Football. There is no tribalism whatsoever in this. This is football united against the European Super League. And it's really good to see. Um but I mean, and I'm not being funny. How's he saying they're bored of fo- they're gonna be bored of the Super League? I'm gonna find that boring. This no guy has no relegated. idea. This, I you honestly know? think this guy doesn't have a clue. Obviously, his main aim and intention is to generate profits money. and revenues and, and, and money. Um, and it's clear to see that that's the main aim of the other 12 um, mm. clubs or owners. In fact, let me not even say clubs because it is the owners and the owners only. Another point I wanted to make is that I actually think, again, I'm gonna. we might even have to just title this episode disgusting because <laughs> I, I, I think it's disgusting right that a they didn't consult any player yeah. whatsoever from any club 
B, neither did they consult any staff. C, did they consult any football fans whatsoever on this? Even fan groups who are there to represent the voice of fans, none have been consulted. So to, to managers too, to I don't think managers, managers weren't aware. And and then to I'm sorry, but since it's been announced, and again I'm going to call out the ownership team here at Liverpool FC, and it and the same does apply to all of them, bar um, Real Madrid, because this guy seems like he can speak for the whole of the world. <laughs> they've made this decision right, and they've put the statement out. We are one of the twelve founding clubs. Blah blah blah. Why have you been silent since then? Mm. Why have you not come up? Why? Have, None of you come out to A, take some ownership, B, explain your rationale behind mm. the, the, the thinking, and and C, kind of alienate fears that are going on across the whole game right now. No, nothing has happened from any owner, owner, barring Perez, who didn't really come out to alienate any fears. He just came out on the attack, just starting mm. a load of rubbish. For me, that's one of the saddest things about this, is that these billionaire owners have made this decision they haven't consulted anyone. And then once yeah. the decision has gone live, they've all gone gone into hiding. Yeah. I, it's disgusting. Mark, you're, you're completely <laughs> correct. And I think the worst of it is, is that it's not even that Perez is the, um, the owner of Real Madrid or the president of Real Madrid. It's the fact that he's the president of this league. Um, uh... That, you know, so him coming out and... Uh, I guess he feels that he speaks for the entire 12 because the uh, the the other 11 are really like quiet they haven't said anything as Mark said. Um there was the interesting thing on Sky Sports. I sent you guys the link. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. Um and I thought it was absolutely disgusting that one of the reporters was saying that well there you go disgusting again. <laughs> um that the reporter was saying that he spoke to one of the club one of the clubs involved in the hierarchy, and they said that they don't care about um, the uproar. They were expecting it. They're not going to back down. Definitely Daniel Levy, mate, on that. Who said that? 100%. Um, And I think we also... um, I can't remember. I think it was Abdi. I'm not sure. Someone sent um, something in a group, and it was one of the most horrific things I've ever read. They said they don't... Um, in other words, they don't care because yeah. us fans are um, what was the word? Oh, um, legacy yeah. fans. Legacy we fans, are yeah. legacy, legacy fans. fans. So, wow. in other words, we are the old, and they are looking for the new. And I, you know, in my honest opinion, obviously, like I, I'm not, you know, we don't know much information because they haven't given it to us. We've only been given like four paragraphs on 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 this thing, but. I genuinely believe, with all of my heart, that people are like, oh, we get to see Real Madrid at the Emirates. No, we're not going to see Real Madrid at the Emirates. That's how some people are seeing it, I'm telling you. We're going to see a North London derby in Saudi Arabia. We're going to see Liverpool versus Man United in Dubai. We're going to see El Clasico in Mexico. We're going to see the Madrid derby in in the United States. I genuinely believe... So hang on. What do, so then what does that... Our ticket price is going to go up. So people are going to have to travel. Fans are going to have to travel to go and see a North London derby, like you say, Junior. Tanya, that is an absolute I'm not even going to lie to you. They're not going to allocate fans exactly. tickets. They're just going to put it out there. I think this is Mad. the whole legacy fan thing. I mean, it's not... The, we could go into conversations on this legacy fan rubbish as well for the next two hours. But I think, you know, they will be having games in China, Dubai... 
Qatar wouldn't even surprise me. All of these, all of these places, oh, and it and it won't be for these so-called legacy fans because it's not even tar- <laughs> it's not targeted at real football fans. Nope. That's the no. that's the problem, and that's the issue. It's targeted at people who will pay a hundred pounds or one hundred and fifty pounds per ticket happily and go and sit in that stadium. Not at fans who want tickets capped at thirty pounds per seat, and that's where football's going at the moment. And again, and I- I'm disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real. Um, do you know what this reminds me of? And it makes sense when we have so many American owners in uh, in, in football. Mm, it's Americanized. It, 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 it reminds me of the NFL. So the NFL, they play um, they play 16 games a season. Now it's gone up to 17. Um, ticket prices are ridiculous because I went to a game and to sit in, a, in the cheap seats, it was something like $100, um, which is like crazy. And then... The, the someone said like oh um, it was the owner again he uh, or the person from Sky Sports he was saying oh when asked if their players would be banned from national football he said good we don't want our players playing a lot of football so I but I genuinely believe that with this format they don't care if they get kicked out of the Premier League or Serie A or La Liga they don't care if they get kicked out of every competition and just play the European Super League because what they want is to have the NFL. In the NFL, you saw Patrick Mahomes get a $500 million contract. And I genuinely believe that if this European Super League goes ahead and we have those kind of games, those players will become such valuable assets for only, let's say, 16 games a season that we'll see them get those Mm. kinds of contracts because then it's like you can't play anywhere else, otherwise you will get hurt. Um, So... I genuinely, this is surreal. I genuinely see that kind of funnel in football. And then we talk about, we haven't even gone into the like what this means for clubs mm. that remain in their leagues who aren't involved yep. in the Super League and, non-league, uh, and lower league football. But one thing for sure, if it goes ahead and players play because they're contracted to or whatever it is, the best players in the world are going are gonna to go where the money is. We've seen yeah. it before. PSG signed Neymar for two hundred million. He was winning trophies at Barcelona. He hasn't won a Champions League yet. He could win the Champions League with mm. um, PSG this season, but that's what I'm saying. Like the players will go where the money is, and we I, might see I, yeah. a trend. Like I completely I, agree. Yeah. Okay. But I also think that I mean I'm not I'm not putting people into categories and stuff, but I feel like within the English game there is. Uh, from what I've seen from players, and I, I include from interviews yesterday, I thought Patrick Bamford spoke. Yeah, big partic- him up, man. Ratings well. for that. Um, you've got James Milner, um, and then you've got other, uh, you've got managers, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola have spoken out about it. And Marcus Rashford has put out a tweet saying football without fans is nothing. I've seen Virgil van Dijk like um, oh, a couple, of, a, a couple <laughs> of tweets about um, essentially massive no to the European Super League. So, I think that football players, I, I, I could be wrong here and um, I'd be happy to be proven wrong, but I think that football players value. Mm. Now, first of all, I know, I know that money is football, right? But I, I do think there are football players with morals and values who just won't accept playing in that league because that's not what their aspiration was when they were a young kid. That's the beauty of football is that when you're a young kid, your aspirations are to play in the World Cup, play in the European Exactly. And this is what this is tarnishing. And win the Premier League or win whichever league um, 
you you know whichever country you grew up in that league is the one that you want to win or some might want to make that move over to the prem and stuff i feel like there will be a big message from these players and they will come out and reject this. I'm I hope really, so. I, I hope, hope so. so, man, because they've got the power. If they all get together, you know, even the with the fans, with the fans as well, mm-hmm. you know, Gary Neville's, Jamie Carragher's, if they all get together and have a united front on this, you know, it could be very, very powerful because football is nothing without the fans. I 100% mm-hmm. believe that. So. I, I think I think you're completely right, Tanya. I think the, the people that hold the cards here are the fans because... Yep. The game of football is for fans. We should never, ever lose that. And that's what we're losing. Um, and the players. Because football matches of this high quality don't happen without high quality players. And if they refuse this outright, I know, obviously, they're contractually binding each of each and every, of, every one of them to their clubs. But they can speak with their feet and not, yep. not play football. It's as simple as that. And then the owners really will get the message. But, you know... I don't, you know, I'm usually the positive one. I'm usually like very optimistic and all this kind of stuff. And I want to be on the same page as you guys. And I really want to say like, yeah, yeah. If the players stick together, well, I, you know, the same way there were protests when um, the Premier League was was a thing, you know, that fans were like, you're, you're taking our game away from us. It only takes one year for this thing to go, for it to become a norm. And then yeah. players start to go. And that's my mm-hmm. fear. My fear is that they go, okay, let's ride it out for the first year where there's like trepidation. And then we'll, we'll just take it where we want eventually. And that is my fear that they're going to dumb it down so it seems acceptable and accessible. And then as it becomes a bit of a norm, it's gone. Also, the Premier League has clear rules to say that if... You need the Premier League's permission to play in the in this competition. The Premier League are obviously going to turn it down. Does that then mean the six have to leave because of they've signed the contract already or they pay massive fines? And the Premier League has already said, if you've signed the contract, you may need to start from the fifth tier. So are mm-hmm. we going to see <laughs> North London derby in the conference? <laughs> Mate, I can't deal with this, uh, man. It's too much to take in. It's too much. But honestly. listen, let me, Julia. I think you are. I think you have every right to be um, to feel how you feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I actually feel that way as well. But I'm just trying to get so much stuff off my chest. Also, that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm scared. I am scared for the future of football. Let me put it out there. Um, but again, I want to just swing this back round to UEFA now because. Um, they're not innocent in all of this. And I just wanted to, I do, I, I do want to make mm. this a fair enough argument so that people can see both sides. Yeah. Of the because UEFA themselves are a horrible organization. Let's make that clear. 1, they're, they're there yeah. for the money also. Right. And if they were involved in this super league idea, I reckon they would have been on board with it. Right. But they weren't. So they're against it. And also let's but, just say this is, let's prefix this as money versus money. It's nothing else than money. Versus it's billionaires money. versus billionaires. Yeah. Uh, but let me get 100%. back to my point. So Mr. Um, Seferin, and apologies if I've pronounced that wrong, who is the um, head or one of the heads at UEFA, came out with a statement yesterday. Um, and I'm just going to read you one paragraph, which actually struck a bit of a chord with me. Uh, not a paragraph, it's a couple of lines. Um, and he said, for some, supporters have become consumers. Fans have become customers and competitions have become products now it's easy to say mr 
Seferin. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking wait, about wait. when you're talking oh, about sorry. something else, right? Something that has come uh, as a direct competition to everything that UEFA earns its money from. It's easy to say that, but how about looking at the mirror? So what you can't say something like that and not look back at your own track record and, and actually realise mm. this goes against everything that UEFA stands for. For example, right? I'm going to read that quote to you one more time. For some, supporters <laughs> have become consumers. Fans have become customers and competitions have become products. Right. First example, UEFA Champions League final 2019. Tanya, I'm not even bringing this up in a bad way, right? So this was It's in, all good, man. This was in Madrid <laughs> with a stadium capacity of 69,000, right? This is a UEFA competition. If supporters mean so much to Mr. Seferin, <laughs> why was it then, right, when they mean so much to you, et cetera, et cetera, and they're not consumers, they're fans, and we have to take care of them, why in a stadium of 69,000, let's call it 70,000 people, did Liverpool fans get 17,000 tickets? Spurs fans get 17,000 tickets. That equals 34,000. The other 30,000 tickets went to corporates and sponsors. So he's he's chatting so much crap. This same UEFA, FIFA, they've given a World Cup to Qatar with one of the worst track records of human mm. rights issues there actually is. They're all as bad as each other. So and they are. They are. They're all culprits, man. They're all culprits. None of these like even because even Sky, yeah. Now look, I, I have ratings for Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, yeah. But Sky, let's not forget when they tried charging us to watch games. Let's not pounds. forget that mm-hmm. fifteen and pounds and BT Sport. They're no better. And now all of a sudden. Game. £15 again. Now, all of a sudden, they're for the fans and all of this. Just remember, yeah? yeah? Just remember, because I don't forget. I do not forget that that was an absolute disgrace in the midst of a pandemic as well. So they ain't got no... To take the moral high ground now, I just think it's a little bit condescending and contradictory, to be quite honest with you. They're all culprits. They're all culprits. That is a great point, Tanya. Honestly, like, I'd forgotten about that, but... uh, I didn't. (laughs) That's a great point. And just to go back on what Mark was saying... If we go back, I think it was 2018, Arsenal versus Chelsea. No, it's the same season. It's the same season as you guys. What was? Would you say what year was the Liverpool Spurs one? 2019. 2019. 2019. Arsenal versus Chelsea in Baku, right? Mm. Baku, end of the earth, Baku, <laughs> where their borders were shut because of a of a dispute. No one could get to the stadium. They offered us four thousand tickets to each club in a massive stadium that no one yeah. could get to. On top of that, this was um, a city in which, correct me if I'm wrong, one of your players couldn't even yeah. rock up to. Mkhitaryan, because of, yeah. the, because of the border disputes, he Mkhitaryan couldn't go. That's why we lost. It's, no, I'm joking. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's yeah. about, but it's, that's what I mean in terms of um, a fair and balanced argument. So, again, to make it clear, mm. I, I don't think I've ever been against something more than I am this European Super League. But on the flip side, right, let's say we get this chucked out. We as fans and, and, and football clubs, the message needs to be brought to UEFA as well that mm. what we're trying to push out of football isn't just the European Super League and that whole idea. It's actually the, the greed. Yeah. And mm. UEFA are a big part of that. How do you guys feel, though? Because if this does go ahead, right, which look, I want to be positive and hopeful that it doesn't, but Junior, you kind of feel like it might. 
How are you then going to feel about your clubs? Because for me, as much as I am against this whole thing, I can't support anybody else but Tottenham. I've supported Tottenham my whole life, pretty mm-hmm. much. So I, I just, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Would you guys watch it? Well, this is, I don't know. I don't this know. is the sad thing is that I'm with you. Couldn't mm. ever change teams. But what I could do is simply not watch those games. Yeah. And I, I, and just because, not watch football, yeah. Because there's... It takes away that whole competitive nature and yeah. vibe and beautiful essence of football, which is yeah. 11 players step onto a pitch and they face another set of 11 players and whoever yeah. wins in that 90 minutes takes the spoils. That's the beauty of football and anyone mm. can beat anyone. Yeah. This is not given that opportunity for anyone to beat anyone. It's just given the opportunity for the best clubs in the world to play against each other weekly. It's not even the best, it's just the rich. Quote, unquote, best, richest. Um, And, I mean, he's coming up with nonsense. Um, This is Real Madrid's owner, uh, Perez. Perez. (laughs) About um, football fans want to see these types of games week in, week out. I actually don't. Yeah, insane. No, I don't. don't. It's actually more more of a spectacle. um, And everything about these big games is there because... Of the the kind of the lack of times that we kind of play each other. For example, exactly. when we when we were drawn against Real Madrid in the Champions League quarterfinals, I was buzzing because we hadn't played them in like seven eight years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Buzzing. All of that, all and, of that, you just love. And, and um, yeah, no, I just to just to add on to that, Mark Ian Wright posted on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I saw bits of that. We and got he, writing, and, and he was like, he was saying um, exactly what you just said. He goes. I don't know if fans want to see um, the top clubs face each other because he... And then he said, when I was a player, I faced AC Milan twice. And those are some mm. of the best memories of my career. Yeah. And I don't know if they would have been if we played them every week because mm. it's like... It's, no it's not special. No. It's not special. No. It's not that special. These games are special. Arsenal versus Barcelona in the Champions League final is special because I don't think we had faced them since '97 when we face exactly. them in the group stages and obviously we face them every year after that but that's not the point but no and it's special because you've earned the right to play them that's exactly. the key part that's and, the key part and the whole point of being a football fan is i come on here and i tell tanya her team has never won the league and she comes <laughs> yeah. back but your team on night <laughs> And I said, yeah, but we might win the Europa League and be in the Champions League. And then she goes, Junior, that's never going to happen. I, I hope, I hope um, Villarreal smash you. And I, I go cry in the corner for a, for a second. But that's not going to happen again. No! Because, because if we're all in this uh, European Super League... Look, I, I never got to answer Tanya's, Tanya's question, uh, which was, how yeah. do I feel about it? I am... I don't know. The sun makes me look like Casper, but it is what it is. Um, I'm I'm very like deflated. I think is the right word. Like I, I don't know. I've fallen out of love with like Mark said it best. Like, what is the point of the games that we still have left to look forward to? They don't mm-hmm. mean anything if we're just going to be propelled into. Yeah. This. Can I, I just add a bit of context to that because that was we had that chat just before we started recording. Oh, my bad. Um, so I was speaking about um, Liverpool versus Fulham, which is for us yesterday. Versus Leeds. Uh, sorry, Liverpool versus Leeds, which is for us yesterday, Monday. For you, whenever you're listening to it, it was last Monday. Um, and I tuned into that game. And honestly, I, I 
it's the first yeah. game in such a long time. In fact, it's the first time I can actually think of where I've tuned into a game and I didn't care. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, nice. that's only that's only from the announcement. Nothing's even happened yet. And I still mm. didn't care because what's the the game, if this if this is the future of football, this European Super League, that game versus um Leeds will never ever be a thing. Yeah. And it just won't. And and then the thing is that makes me I don't know, more deflated is that please guys, do not do not be under any illusion that this won't be viewed. This is going to yeah. get some ridiculous ratings. Mm. The same people on Twitter, Instagram saying this is an awful idea. Yeah. They're going to cover it. They're going to have to cover it because they will get views. They will get listens. Mm. They will trend. All this, all this stuff. So please do not be under the illusion that because I feel the same way as Mark. I don't want to watch it. No. But if my team gets expelled from the Premier League, which is most likely to happen because they've breached the rules of the Premier League, it's going to be the only time I can watch Arsenal. And like you both, I've I've supported Arsenal since I was five. All I know is supporting Arsenal, good Mm. or bad, first or ninth. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. It's supporting <laughs> yeah. Arsenal. So like, I don't know where I go because I even, I was even like thinking like, oh, I can go and support Hackney Marshes and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But it's not the same. It's not this. I play in a league every Saturday. So I'm getting my fix of um, like, um, you know, uh, grassroots football. I'm getting my fix mm. of that because I play in a league every Saturday. I see amateur football. I see the fans there. Like, honestly, it's amateur football but we have people watching so it just feels you get that vibe that fo- like i was there on saturday and even though it's like you know the restrictions are still out there um, and on a pitch we're following the restrictions outside it wasn't you know there were still people there they they went there for the day you know um but i got that oh you know i missed this this is football like mm-hmm. when teams scored yeah. they would bang on the railings and then you'd hear like people and it's just yeah. that's nice we won't ever get that from this no. because there's no there's no feeling in it that's what football is it's a feeling that you get supporting a club through good and bad it's the frustration and then from the frustration when your team wins something you're like we did it mm-hmm. we, yeah all of that bad time to win something we earned it you know we've qualified mark was saying like you know um he was trying to console me and abdi and he was like listen i went through awful periods with liverpool we weren't even in the europa league and now we're champions of england and it just means so much more because you rode the bad times with the european super league there is no bad times that's what i mean it's just like there's no point to it there's no point and what? Uh, yeah, I mean, we we will move on because there has been some other crazy news this week. But in terms <laughs> that's of the funny um, thing. <laughs> that's the funny thing, and it has it barely got any airtime. But in terms of no. the, so they're planning to have twenty teams in this tournament, yeah. um, and they're planning to reward those who finish from what first to tenth. 
Yeah. So the first one to six go through automatically, and then seven, eight, nine, ten go into a playoff for the quarters. Yep. Yeah. What the hell? That's what, nonsense. Like, it's what too... is this about? Like one it's in two clubs. It's confusing as well. It's confusing. I can't lie to you. I don't fully understand it all, and that's why I find it a bit overwhelming. What is just wrong with how it is now? What is wrong with it? Because as they're not getting. Just... They're not getting the money, Tanya. That's it's all money, I know, I know. It's well, all money. I, I understand that there are big powerhouse clubs in Europe, right, who are in debt. First of all, that's not, solely because of the, that's not solely because of the pandemic. Like, Mr. Perez, you can't come out here, right, and talk about <laughs> you're going into the European Super League because of A, B, and C. Um, we're all losing money, Um Blah, 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 blah. My man, you spent $130 million on a 29-year-old injury-prone Aiden Hazard. The money obviously isn't that big of a deal to you. Mm. Or if it was, you should have managed it a bit better. Yeah, that's true. That's it's, cra- like, the, the, it's, just, it's crazy that the, the front that these people are putting on when the history is there for us all to see. I think the tagline, um, we're trying to say football, it just irks me so much because I know how this is going to affect let's not get it twisted yeah if the big six leave the premier league the premier league is worthless it is it's, it's going to turn into the championship no offense the championship but it's not going to have the value it's not uh, on top of that lower league clubs will cease to exist i'm i'm it's facts because facts. the premier yeah. league loses its allure of like with the tv mm. rights no one's going to watch it like let's, let's be honest we joke on here yeah no one wants to watch Burnley versus Newcastle. Abdi's the first one to say it. Like, let's get... Yeah. <laughs> Burnley fans versus... Burnley fans and Newcastle fans want to watch Burnley versus Newcastle in the Premier League. That's facts. They want to watch that because yeah. it means a lot for their clubs to be in the Premier League. Let's not get it twisted. If the big six leave the Premier League, there's no money in the Premier League. Exactly. And it, it will drastically... And then that means... Cascade effect. Cascade effects, and you'll have the championship who will probably barely survive. League one, who knows? Yep. League Jeez, two, man. I'd be very surprised. And then everything down, conference, etc. Gone. Which is the, the heartbeat of football your, your conference, your grassroots football, as you were saying, your Sunday league football. It's the essence of football is being taken away from the sport that we love, and, and that's where we've come to. And, and that's why, when I made that point earlier about, you know, we always have a bit of a fun song and dance about each other's teams and all of their failures because that is football but yeah that's part now of like i said before the tribalism drops the the kind of only supporting your own team when it comes to these big decisions all of that needs to drop and we all need to come together as football fans in our numbers yeah. to just say no to this and and i mean we we can do that in a multitude of ways whether that means if this does go ahead you know, as many people as possible say, right, we're not paying a single penny to watch any of these games. I know there's a number of protests, I believe, today at three o'clock. I'm not sure if it is today, but I know that Man mm. United fans, City fans, and I'm sure other fan bases are going to come together and protest. Mm. Which I think it surprise me. I think Arsenal's one's on Friday. Yeah, I've, oh, I've okay. Seen, I need to find out when Tottenham's one I've is, seen if this, we, there is one. Listen, it's been outside Anfield, outside Old Trafford. I saw today they're, they're outside Stamford Bridge. And the Emirates. Outside the mm. Emirates, people are making themselves heard, mm. and we need to continue. Like we, it has to, it has to continue. You know, there's there's a bunch of flags outside of um, the Etihad Stadium, um, <clears throat> the Etihad Stadium, 
and there's one flag that has the Man City badge in like big and a few fans went and sprayed paint over it saying traitors yeah wow yeah. I've seen a lot of rest in peace to clubs and stuff yeah so yeah just to end I, I just wanted to read something to you guys just to end this segment because this is the most depressing segment since <laughs> since WTATL we'll talk about yeah. that later started and so i just want to end this segment reading this to you guys and i think it's a fitting way to end it so i'm gonna read it to you guys arsenal established 1886 in late 1886 a group of workers from the woolwich arsenal armament factory decided to form a football team they called themselves dial square as a reference to the sundial atop of the entrance of the factory Manchester United established 1878. Man United was formed in 1878 as Newton, as Newton Heath, I don't know how to say that word, football club, by the carriage and wagon department of the Lancashire and Yorkshire Railway uh, Depot at Newton Heath. The team initially played games against other departments and railway, railway companies. Liverpool established 1892. Formed in 1892 following a disagreement between the directors of Everton Football Club and its president, John Holding, who owned the club's ground, Anfield. A dispute over rent resulted in Everton moving to Goodison Park, which left Holding with an empty stadium and needed to, needing a team to fill it. Manchester City, 1880. Members of St. Mark's Church founded the football club that became Manchester City for largely humanitarian purposes. Two church wardens sought to curb local gang violence and alcoholism by instituting new activities for local men whilst high unemployment plagued East Manchester. Tottenham, 1882. Originally Hotspur Football Club, they were formed in 1882 by a group of schoolboys. They were members of the Hotspur Cricket Club and needed a sport to play during the winter months. Chelsea, 1905. Founded in the Rising Sun pub on Fulham Road, just a year after businessman Gus Mears had purchased the Stamford Bridge Athletics Complex. He debated calling it Stamford Bridge FC, London FC or Kensington FC, but eventually landed on Chelsea FC. So wow, there, there we see. I just think... That's a, powerful, man. Jeez. It is powerful. I, you know, a game almost. And these clubs created by the people... Yep. Mm. And just taken away from the people. That's where and, we're at now. And I think perfectly said, Mark. And you see the dates 1886, 1880, 1905. It's a whole history that they are deleting. Literally. It's sad, man. It's sad. It is. Like. It's, it is actually. That is genuinely sad. Like, what can you do? I mean, again. We we can keep covering this every week because I'm certain I'm going to have stuff to say about this every single week. And there's going to be new things that come up, obviously. Yeah. there will be new things. Um, but listen, like I said before, until we hear from the owners, I'm, I don't listen. I don't care about the rest of the clubs, right? I'm I'm as, I'm equally as disgusted in them all, right? But my main focus here is on the English clubs. Until we hear the ownership from each six clubs come out and explain their reasoning and their rationale and actually show themselves in public have a bit of a backbone mm. they're all cowards to me all of them cowards yeah 100 you've done this and then you've gone into hiding it's actually it's so cowardly it's actually it's actually I agree. Me angry again 
<laughs> I've never seen Martin this angry. That tells you no, how because bad this is are. like this is football. Is a lot of people like football yeah. has been my life for a long time, right? Playing, mm. watching, loving it, and it just feels like it's being ripped away, and it it actually makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, rest in peace, football. Uh, Damn. Let's move on. Tanya, big tans. Ten years old. Um gone. I know you did a little jig. Um and you gotta tell us where you were, how you felt when you saw the news breaking and you know look she's trying to hide her smile now. You don't, Honestly You don't have to. You don't have to. Do you know what it's so bad? It's so bad. Um Do you know what how I found out the news? I was on, on. Twitter. And someone mentioned me. I was I was busy tweeting about the Super League, right? And someone <laughs> tweeted me to say, Jose Mourinho's been sacked. And I was like to my mum, 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 Jose's been sacked, Jose's been sacked. I'm literally running around my room. I'm <laughs> celebrating, right? And you know what? I was so excited. I couldn't even turn on the telly. I don't know what happened yet. I, I forgot what button to press. Like, I was like, mum, I can't turn the telly on. She was like, Tanya, you've not, you've not turned the box on. That's why it's not coming on. I was like, okay, okay. And then there was adverts on Sky News. I'm thinking, oh, my God, these adverts, man. And then I see the yellow banner breaking news, baby. Jose Mourinho's been sacked. Listen, yeah. listen. The fact that I'm happy just tells you how bad, how bad things got for me. Like, I'm telling you guys, like, I've before all this Super League stuff, I felt so disconnected from Tottenham and football in general. Like, I didn't watch any bit of football after that Everton game. I didn't watch any. Because when my club ain't performing, I couldn't care less about other teams. I'll be real. I just needed a break from football because that Everton game, it wasn't the, the last straw. The last straw was, was way back in February for me. I think Jose should have been sacked a lot earlier. But that game in particular for me just said, he's already been told that he's been sacked. You could just tell, you could see his body language. And the players as well. Like Again, it was a performance that was just lifeless. Mm. And I think the sacking of Jose Mourinho was always going to happen. I obviously had my doubts because I felt that Levy is obsessed with Jose. He's absolutely besotted with him. I mean, we saw it in the documentary. Like, he was loving the guy. And he's always wanted him. He's always been an admirer of Jose Mourinho. And I understand why he was brought in. And I respected it at the time because we are a club that don't have trophies, as we've all pointed out. And Jose Mourinho, that is what he's there to do, to win you those trophies. He's got that pedigree. And I rated Levy for taking a different route and actually making a statement and bringing in a Jose to do that. But I always questioned whether Jose is going to fit the ideology of our football club. Because let's be honest about it, he, he isn't a potch. You know, he isn't going to play that that entertaining attacking football. He's going to be very defensive. And I just worried whether that style of football would suit the group of players that we had. But I was willing to be patient with it. And last season was a write-off, in my opinion, because of the pandemic, project restart. We had major injuries. I was willing to accept six plays. Although I feel like we could have done better, I was willing to accept it. But this season, guys, I've just been... I've never been this unhappy. You know, I've, I've seen us have very 
very ups and downs, loads of ups and downs. We've had Tim mm. Sherwood, we've had AVB, you know, we've had Harry Redknapp, who I love, but there was downs under his management as well. Martin Yo, those are the managers I remember. So it's never been cushy with us, yeah. But um, for me, Jose, I, I've honestly never felt this unhappy. And look, I had hopes at the beginning of the season. We were top of the league and I did joke. I was like, oh, we're going to win the league. Deep down, I knew that was never going to happen because I knew the performances, mm. I don't think they were sustainable the way we were playing. But I think it's the right decision. Am I surprised that they sat him before a final? I am. I'm not going to lie. I felt that he was going to be sat at the end of the season. But to sack him before a final... Things obviously got so toxic in that dressing room that Levy had to end things. But obviously, when it came out, straight after this Super League news, there was obviously a lot of speculation that he apparently didn't want to bring the players out for training and he opposed this idea of a Super League. And I just thought that's typical Jose. He wants to go out on a high, doesn't he? He wants that whole story of, oh, you know, Jose Mourinho, you know, he opposed the Super League and he's this hero. But in actual fact, Levy just felt that the results were just... They weren't improving. And I, I didn't see any improvement, guys. I don't know if you've been watching us recently, but I just don't know mm. what the identity is. Players yeah. just look completely lifeless, clueless on the pitch. So I'm not surprised. And I have mm. to say, I feel like a weight's been lifted on my shoulders. I feel happy yeah. that he's gone because he's to he breathes toxicity. And when Man United fans were suffering, I now, I now understand because I've experienced it. I've lived through this terrorist of a, of a manager. And I've survived. I've survived. <laughs> Sounding like... Abby. Just about, Tanya. Cool. Sound like you're... Um... Now, I've got a couple of questions. Um, yeah, actually, some of, some of them you actually answered. Um, so what I'll do is I'll ask my second one first because you've essentially answered it. Um, would you have done it now or would you have waited until after the cup final? Um, mm. Because you, you've obviously got 29-year-old... Um, Brian uh, Mason in, in as caretaker manager who I don't know what his history is in terms of management but has he stepped on the touchline before and managed the team personally I don't know he actually might have but is that the man you want leading you into a cup final um, and B I mean I was reading some stuff about nearly every single player in your squad turning against Jose Mourinho mm. towards the end and it's sounding like the only one who didn't was Harry Kane do you think that is what made the owners' decisions in the end? Or do you think it really was the results and the style of football? All right. So to answer your first question, was it right to sack him? I'm feeling a little bit conflicted with this one because I have been told countless times by rival fans that Jose Mourinho is the man that you want in a final. And I can't not disagree with that. He has experience of competing in finals and winning finals. He is someone that you would want in a one-off game. Let's have it right. But if things did get toxic, as so I'm hearing, where it's it's got to a point where only Harry Kane is for Jose Mourinho and every other player is feeling unmotivated, they feel like, you know, they they feel like unmotivated, they feel that, that things are becoming toxic and that they don't want to play for the manager anymore, maybe Levy's made the right decision. And people will say, you know, we've eliminated every possible chance now of winning this League Cup final. I would probably disagree because what were our chances anyway going into this? I think they were very slim coming up against Pep and Man City, who have been really good this season. Mm. Well, listen, you know, just, just quickly, Tanya, on. sorry to break you up there. 
and I know we're kind of, well, I am kind of veering away from the Mourinho chat, but on the topic of on the topic of City, no, sorry, because listen, Manchester City are beatable, right? No, they they are. They they lost. Look, let me. They lost nine games in the league last season, Mm -hmm. um, and they have lost, I believe, five this season, maybe four. And and they're two of the last three. Yeah, listen, when they when they play how they play, right? I have no qualms in saying they're the best team in the world. But they are beatable. And that's that's I honestly think I don't know if you will, but I don't think it's as um I don't think it's as yeah. one sided going into that final as you think yeah. it might be. No, I get that. I get that. And if you're Pep, you're probably looking at it now thinking I'm coming up against Ryan Mason instead of Jose Mourinho. You are gonna feel a little bit of a spring in your step because Ryan Mason, he is he is part of the coaching team at Tottenham, but that's as far as it goes. He hasn't got any managerial experience. I really like Ryan Mason. I think what happened to him is absolutely devastating. And he seems like a really nice guy. I've listened to his press conference today. He's obviously saying all the right things. He wants to get us playing again. He wants to, you know, get us playing attacking football. And, you know, he seems very positive and it's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see. But I am a little bit concerned because... This is his first time managing, and mm. well, listen, he, league listen, cup final. I don't he, know, man. He's not going into this on his own. He will have a support no, group. He'll have a backroom team. Yeah, he'll have people who understand the ins and outs of the games and who have managed football yeah. games, whether it be for youth teams or uh, uh, professional teams. He'll have all of that in his backroom team, and that wasn't even the point I was making because obviously that's just a soft gap until the end of the season. But I just, like I said before, I, Mourinho or not. That final is winnable for Tottenham. Whether you yeah. would do it or not, I don't know. But it's definitely winnable. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I just my point was that people are now saying it's eliminated any chance of us winning now that Jose is gone. But I would disagree because you know, there's a saying, you know, things run its course. And I believe that when we sat Poch, I just felt that he took us to a Champions League final with the same group of players. He didn't get back to the summer, and he's then being asked to take these same group of players to go again. And it just run its course. It became stale. And I just think the same, obviously, has happened with Jose. Players have just become so disinterested, unmotivated and angered, quite frankly, by some of the comments he's made about the players, which, look, they do deserve a bit of criticism. But do I think it should be said so publicly? No, I don't think so. They're, they're, they've had enough. And, you know, I'd rather go into a final with the team actually being happier, motivated, and, you know, they've got someone in Ryan Mason who a lot of them are close buddy friends with, which does concern me a little yeah. bit because I just think we're going to be seeing Dyer and Sanchez and Winks probably. But look, let's see what happens. Mm. I'm just glad that we've we've got rid of yeah. him, man. I'm I, glad. Junior, I, 100%. I just want to make one small comment. Um, <laughs> listen, I don't think he would have been put into that job to choose his mates. I think he will pick the best I 11 um, and put that team out on the pitch. Whether he yeah. thinks that best 11 is one that involves Dyer and Winks is a question for another episode when we find out how he lines up. But he will know that friendships or not, he will put the best 11 out possible to him on the day. Um, and I've got one question for you and then I'm going to storm it. I know Junior's got a question as well, but if, if you, um, you're given a choice right now um, yeah. of someone to come into Tottenham and let's make it realistic as well. So, like, we're not talking like Pep Guardiola, who's managing City. 
who who would your choice be and, and what would the rationale be behind that? Do you know what? My, my first choice would be Nagelsmann, right? Now, I don't watch Leipzig week in, week out. I don't watch Bundesliga. But from what I know about Nagelsmann, he's a very good coach. He's young. He plays good football. And I think that is something that he can bring to Tottenham. And I believe he will work well with the group of players that we have. And obviously, I think the chances of that happening now are fairly slim just because of the situation at Bayern Munich at the moment. However, there are new developments now that Bayern Munich, sorry, Leipzig don't want to strengthen a rival. So them giving them Nagelsmann is going to instantly make them better. And I read that. So yeah. they would rather they they would rather actually hold talks with Tottenham. But whether it happens is another is another thing. But all I know is I'm a little bit more hopeful about it because of that. And also the payout for Jose now is 15 million, not 30. So you know it it could still happen. But he would be my top purely because he's he's young and I think he would work well with the group of players that we have. He plays good football. But realistically, Mark will probably get Sari or Benitez, probably. That's that's just me being honest. And I've seen as well on the betting odds, Eddie Howe's second. If we end up with Eddie Howe, listen, yeah? I know I said I support Tottenham. Listen, no way. No way. So <laughs> they better be careful here. Start supporting Enfield FC and that. Yeah, Enfield <laughs> FC, bruv. Enfield FC or Edmonton FC, if there is one. <laughs> I don't care. No way if that happens. So we'll have to wait and see. Go on, Junior. You're like bursting to ask a question. <laughs> I've been waiting patiently for a while, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I have um, a question related to Mark's question. Um, <clears throat> let's say... Okay, it's, it's, it's a twofold question, okay? Okay. Are you, are you willing to accept... Tottenham playing not badly but like mistakes from Ryan Mason and then two if he Mm. does well would you consider saying you know what give him the job see if he could do it like what he could do on a longer period if he does well like say you win the um you win the Carabao Cup and is it Carabao yeah the Carabao Cup and then and then you and let's say Best case scenario. Best case scenario. You win Carabao Cup and you finish top four. Best case scenario. Um, do you say, you know what? Ryan Mason's done a decent job. Let's see how far you could take us. Or are you going, no, I want proven Nagelsmann. Mm. What, yeah, so those two questions. No, they're really good questions, actually. Um, the first one, look, I, I am going to be more lenient with Ryan Mason. Of course I am. You know, he's a young, he's a young manager. He hasn't got any experience. And... I think he will be allowed to make mistakes. And I think that's why I am in some ways very harsh on Jose because he's come in with this experience, this CV. I feel like he should have been doing a lot better with these group of players. He was massively underachieving. And yeah, I think Ryan Mason, I'm not going to be too harsh on the fella. If he wants to pick Sanchez and Dyer, then so be it. I wouldn't like to see that, but he's new to this. He's There's no pressure there's no pressure for, for him to, to get us to top four, even win this League Cup. I would obviously love it if he did, mm. but there is no pressure. But if he did somehow, you know, get us winning and we do get top four and we do win this League Cup, personally, I still wouldn't appoint him permanently. Right, really? Because I, nah, because I just, I don't want us to make 
a similar mistake to to what Man United are making with Oli. Don't get me wrong, Oli's doing a good job, but do I still think that he's the best manager for Man United? No, I don't. It's the same with Arteta. I don't think he's the best manager for you guys. You may disagree, but I just think I would rather someone that is more experienced because let's be honest, we need a rebuild and we need someone that's experienced who's a proper coach. But I don't Wait, know, the club just, might reward him if he just, does. Yeah, so just, just on they that will. point. Just on that point, if, if, again, the best case scenario, he wins the League Cup and you get top four. Um, and wouldn't the best person to rebuild Tottenham be Ryan Mason? Because he's yeah. already there and he's a Tottenham man and he's yeah, a he young is, coach. Yeah. Because you're talking about Ryan Nagelsmann. Not Ryan Nagelsmann. <laughs> Nagelsmann. <laughs> you, you talk about Nagelsmann, who is a young coach. But he's a young German coach, so he's going to come in and have different ideas. Whereas Ryan Mason's already, and again, best case scenario, done it there this season. No, I get you. I do get mm. what you're saying, Junior. It's just, um, I'm also thinking about, I mean, I don't even know what all of this means now. We're talking about managers, but we're in a bloody different league next year. So yeah. I don't even know what transfer window We're talking about top else. four. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't even mean a thing at the moment. I don't it's know true. what this means for transfer windows and everything else, but that's another thing we've got to think about. Is Ryan Mason going to attract these big players or new players mm-hmm. that we need at the football club? I don't think so. I don't think so. So that's my concern. Yeah. But I don't know. It's 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 easy to ask now, but we'll have to wait and see because if he Fair. does do a good job, I might fall mm. in love with the guy and I might <laughs> want to marry him and I might want him to stay at the club. So let's see what All happens. Right, st- steady on, Tanya. <laughs> steady, steady on. <laughs> Right, listen, I'm not I'm not Daniel Levy. Praise You would don't want to praise be. the most high, right? <laughs> listen, but one like just tail ending onto the, this conversation, what I would not do, um, as someone like him who's been in this game for however many years, not to say he's any good at what he does, but he has been in the game for X amount of years, I would never ever, ever give someone that manager job after seven league games and one cup final. Personally. Yeah, come on. It's no matter how well he did. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. Okay. I was just uh just wanted to see what the room was saying, innit? <laughs> no, nah, but it's just mad. The only thing is, it's funny because Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, they literally touched on it. You know, and if it was normal circumstances, this would be big news, but it's like yesterday's news, man. Listen, it's like nothing. That, that would have been the whole Monday night football schedule. It would have been Honestly, Mourinho. It would That's have how been. big that news should have been. But yeah. I mean you I mean there's is there a case to say that Mourinho and Levy knew what they were doing by making sure it was announced in the midst yeah. of this because 100%. Then it, then it kind 100%. of it didn't, went under the radar. Went under the radar a little bit. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? I have one more. Oh. One more. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on. Oh. No, I was just going to say, look, Jose Mourinho, for me, I don't know if he was going to touch on this, but I think he needs to go to international football. I think he's done at club level. I can't see him in the Premier League. No, I'm just being honest, guys, because I don't see any top Premier League club. Man, being managed by him like a Liverpool or Man United or even at Arsenal you would not take mm. him no chance he won't go to a mid-table um, club in the Premier League so maybe go back to Italy maybe at Inter or like go go to international football at Portugal I think he'd be good at that I just that think is, he's done at Premier League just need to say I've got some big news here um, oh, what one of the 12 clubs no has no. officially withdrawn um, <gasps> and it's an English club and it's Liverpool. Chelsea. Nope, it's Chelsea. Chelsea! 
Um, they've it's just come out uh, three no, minutes no, no. ago. They've become the first team to walk away from the tournament. So wow, that, that twelve is now eleven, and I think we will start to see. Listen, they're gonna had a whole episode now. rambling about this, but this has come from yes. now live three minutes ago. Football is alive! Oh my god, football Chelsea, is um, hopefully oh, yeah. seemingly. Wow, they're all gonna Listen, follow. You have to listen. I'm I'm not afraid to say that I don't like Chelsea, but I will celebrate. I rate this. Rate this. That's what I mean. There is no tribalism here. I will celebrate Chelsea for being bold and making that move. In fact, they've got slightly gone up in my slightly gone up in my (laughs) estimation after that because it's exactly what we've been calling for. Some one of these twelve to have the how do I put this the cojones. (laughs) All right. Wow, uh, but you know what? Like, it's the fans because I'm just looking at clips of the the fans protesting. Wow, they got a big turnout. No, do you know what? Keep it going. Keep it going. Yes, inject it. I've actually forgotten what I was gonna say. Uh, Wait, forget it. Forget it. This is the start. This is the start. I remember. I remember. Um, It's based on what Tanya was saying. Um, Do you think? it's done out here for Jose in terms of Premier League. Because um, I know I they talk... It. They talk... Yeah, well, you said big club. I'm just talking Premier League, period. No, Premier League, um, period. Period. Okay. Uh, That's what I meant. Because they, they, were, they were talking about it on MNF. Um, so I wasn't... Uh, so I just wanted to pose it to you guys. But Tanya's... No, man. He, Tanya, he's done. Tanya has hushed that. Let's move on. Um, done that, yeah. Let's, let's just briefly... Just let's try and... You know, we, we talked a lot... About not about results, but there were football games on this weekend and there was a two FA Cup semi-finals. Let's start with the FA Cup finals. Chelsea, um, again, big up yourselves for leaving the ESL or preparing to leave the ESL. Um, they beat Man City. So Mark, as he said, City are not untouchable. Uh, Leicester will play in their first FA Cup final. If not in a long, 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 long time, definitely a long time. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. Chelsea versus um, Leicester City. So uh, congrats to Le- Leicester City again. They've mm. they've been deserving of some of something, you know, some success. Um, then we had a whole bunch of Premier League games, um, and as Mark said, it was kind of like pointless with all the ESL stuff. Um, Arsenal drew, Liverpool drew, Tottenham drew. Who even cares anymore? Um, so before we end. Uh, we do have Man of the Week. We stay true. Uh, Abdi has sent his Man of the Week from the Sin Bin. So, um, but I can't remember what it is. So, let's, let's I'll do ours first. So, my one was Yich for um, scoring the winning goal against Man City in a FA Cup semi-final. That's the stuff children dream about, right? So Indeed. Yeah, big up, man. Yeah, so I I went with ZH. No, he had a good game as well. He had a good game, to be fair. He had a lot of chances in that game, from what I saw on the highlights. So, no, I think that's a good one. Over to you, Tanya. Now, if I remember rightly, mine was Joe Joe Willock, right? Which pains me because I don't want to give it to an Arsenal player. But I think, again, he scored a really important goal for Newcastle. Looks like they're they're staying up. Um, 
Yeah. And I think he's been a good, he's been a vital player for them, actually. He, he did the same against us. He scored a big goal. So, yeah. big up Joe Willock, innit? They beat big the mighty, up. beat the mighty West Ham to knock. He uh, did. Because at one point I was like, "Raw, I'm going to have to give it to Lingard because he scored the equaliser. But um, he's got knocked off his perch by Joe Willock. Uh, Marcus? Uh, I went with, um, off the back of uh, really bad news, um, obviously from Sunday night, kind of filtering through into Monday morning. Uh, and then we had our game on Monday night against Leeds. Um, I'm giving it for non-footballing purposes. I'm just going to give it to James Milner for mm. coming out and having the, um, just not being afraid to speak how he feels and not being afraid of his employers, which I respected um, because at the end of the day, they're the ones who put money in his pocket, but he came out openly against them, said how he felt um, and I was really actually quite impressed with the way he came out and said it and the force he put behind his negative views of the idea. So, James Milner for me. And then, finally, Abdi, um, he nominated Greenwood for his two goals against Burnley. Big up, big performance from the teenager. And, yeah, that's Man of the Week. Uh, Abdi probably would have had some some crazy nickname. Oh, my on, God. Guys, sorry. Did you see that Petra Check was at the protest? Petra check, yeah. <laughs> is he as yeah. yeah. No, I, I listen. I just has saw he got a his helmet on. No, he doesn't. Oh, no, that's that. good. I saw a picture though from from that. I, I don't know which protest it was from. Right, it was from. I'd love to give the whoever it was um, their dues, but it the sign said, "We want our wet, windy Wednesday nights in Stoke." Yeah, we, hey, we want them, oh, and that's what we want. That. Is the essence of football. Love so that. again, well done to Chelsea Football Club for being the first to pull out, and and arguably being the first is the hardest, but they've done it, and props to them for that. Um, just to end as well, um, on not such a sour, sour note, because now we're on we're on vibes now, because um. I'm super happy Chelsea have have started the process to leave. Hopefully they go ahead with it. I don't care about Florentina Perez's um, threats. Um, but just to end, I have the origin of some words that we use in football that we might not know where they come from. So, for example, nutmeg. Everyone knows what a nutmeg is. Uh, we use it a lot in football. But the origin is... Nutmeg sellers would sometimes attempt to con their customers with wooden nutmegs, which led to the term nutmegged, meaning to fool someone. Hey! Hat trick. First used in 1858, can't even talk, 1858, after an English cricketer took three wickets in three consecutive deliveries, a collection was held afterwards with money being placed into a hat before being presented to the cricketer. So, a hat trick comes from cricket, not even oh, it football. It comes from cricket. Wow, I didn't know that. Rabona, its first documented use was by Ricardo Infante in a game in 1948. After the game, El Grafico published a front cover showing Infante dressed as a schoolboy. The caption read, uh, "El Infante que soy la." Um, I'll read the translation. I didn't know the translation was here. Uh, the infant plays hooky, but. Um, Rabona is the word for hooky. So uh, there you go. 
and soccer first recorded towards the end of the 19th century as a shortening of the term association football used by Oxford University students. So not Americans. So we English people, I say we, I'm from Brazil, but the English people have birthed the term soccer and we make fun of the Americans. Um, and then uh, the last one is, I don't know if you guys know it, but Trivela, do you know? Trivela? I don't. Um, okay. Well, it's here. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's basically, do you know when Charisma hits the ball with the outside of his foot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's called a Trivela. I don't know how you would say it. Tri Trivela? I don't know how you would say it. I just call it an outside of the boot shot. <laughs> Proper basic. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's called a Trivela in Brazil. But yeah, um, it's the act of playing the ball with the outside of your foot, literally to hit the ball with three toes. So Trivela. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I just call it the charisma. <laughs> yeah, that's what the I guy was the master of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, that's a that's a bit of like football. Um, I don't know knowledge. Uh, take that one to your pop quiz. <laughs> exactly. Also, I was just about to say a bit of trivia. You never know when they'll pop up. Exactly. True. Exactly. True. Also, uh, there's reports I'm seeing that apparently Manchester City are going to be pulling out as well, but. Look, maybe we'll be back next week and everyone's pulled out. Oh, so praise the Lord. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> oh, man. What a, what a show, eh, guys? What a show. I, I know, right? Um, oh, wait. The Arsenal protest was today as well. Um, I thought, so, no, I saw it wasn't, someone, was it? I saw someone saying it was on Friday, but there's loads of fans there with a banner saying... Oh, yeah. Where's all the Tottenham fans at, man? I've got to check this out. It's, it's honestly, it's so good to see um, clubs, uh, club fans, whatever the club, come together for to support this kind of common goal here. Honestly, it's really good to see. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I'm happy that, you know, finally we're... I don't even know how to explain it, but I'm just... I was so deflated and now I've got some hope. Um and yeah yeah there is hope guys there's hope anyway that's episode 83 we'll be back next week as we always are uh we'll catch you then we don't miss a trick hopefully on, guys. next week as tanya said with more than one club withdrawn yeah but time will tell. we'll see and this hope and top. hopefully arsenal football club please and tottenham man please and Liverpool. <laughs> cool please. see you guys see you guys later Peace out. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.